Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Charlene Lee. Charlene, you are an author, a speaker, uh, excuse me, New York Times bestselling author, uh, speaker, and uh, you are a founder and senior fellow at Altimeter. But Charlene, you are found on the web at charlenelee.com. That's L-I. Your newest book, The Disruption Mindset, Why Some Organizations Transform While Others Fail. Charlene, thank you for joining us. So good to be here. Well, Charlene, I I mean, I kind of talked about you a little bit, but I'd love to hear it from you. Tell me about the great work that you do in the world. Well, I try to write research and uh, publish it as books, also as reports. I do a live stream on LinkedIn every single week on Tuesdays, fingers crossed, at 9 a.m. Pacific, (laughs) 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And I really talk about how I can help leaders thrive with disruption, because we oftentimes think of disruption as something to be avoiding. And I believe we should all be pursuing it and to the best way and ability that we can. We need more leaders who are capable of creating exponential disruptive change. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, there's disruptions that are outside of our control, but you're suggesting that, hey, if you have an opportunity to go break something, go for it. (laughs) Right. Well, it's not just break something. I mean, disruptions aren't actually the problem. It's actually growth. And if uh-huh. you think about it, uh, it's not about looking for a disruption that's going to drive growth. Because a lot of people come to me and say, so what's the latest, newest technology we can mm. use and create to create this growth? I'm like, you already have everything you need. You're standing in the way of your, of your own growth. Because the minute you start growing, you get to that very edge. And then you go, whoa, 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 that's going to be really hard. We're going to have to mm. change a lot of things. I don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. So you back away from that. What I found in my research, though, is that disruptive organizations go right up to that very edge. They push it constantly. And they're like the energizer bunny. They can go on and on and on and disrupt themselves and their environment, the industries, without any drop off in energy. And so I was like, curious, why, how do they do this? How do they consistently disrupt themselves when everyone else is just fatigued, exhausted, from even just thinking about it? Yeah. Well, um, you are saying disruptive organizations as opposed to maybe like a disruptive product or service or disruptive market forces, for example. Um, but but how do we facilitate organizations? How, how do we encourage disruption within organizations? Well, I, I think it comes back to what organizations do so well, leaders do so well. And, and that is they set a strategy. They have a vision for what the future looks like. I, I, I can't think of a single leader who says, well, you know, everything's perfectly fine, exactly the way it is. We love the status quo. We're going to stay exactly where we are today. That's, that's just madness because we know that our customers are constantly changing. And if we don't acknowledge that, then we're putting blinders on. 
instead of being blinded by our current profitable customers, we need to be going after these mm. fairly unprofitable, cranky, ugly future customers that may not look that attractive, but that's where the opportunities are. Yeah. So my, my superpower is I help leaders and their organizations see the future, not the future that I see, but the future that they can see. And oftentimes it's just removing the old beliefs, the old uh, ways of doing things so that they can actually see these future customers and chase after them. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have worked with the biggest of the big <laughs> as, you know, as, uh, as in terms of your clients, IBM, 3M, Oracle, Philips, Adobe, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, your, 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 uh, your front page is, is basically a, a who's who of the, uh, top countries, uh, or I'm sorry, top, top, uh, companies in, in the country right now. So obviously they, they appreciate the, the great work that you're doing. Um, but where did you come from and how did you get in and develop, uh, what you've developed? What's, what's your backstory, your, your, your hero origin story? Yeah, I grew up, um, Asian American, the daughter of immigrants from China in Detroit, you look at me, you go like, that girl isn't from Detroit. Well, that makes no sense, right? Uh, so I grew up as an outsider. I was always the oddball person. Um, oftentimes the only person of color in my working class Detroit mm-hmm. neighborhood. And I got used to um, always being a bit of a contrarian just by simply walking into the room. And so when I started working in business, I, I, I really looked for the opportunities, these different point of views, creating synthesis. And I came out of business school, Harvard Business School in 1993, and went to work in newspapers of all places. And the reason why is because I could see that the internet was coming and that that was going to create a lot of disruption, a lot of change. And I believe in the role of journalism in our societies. And I went, well, the business of newspapers was something I was fascinated by. And I wanted to be at the front row of that disruption. So I landed in Silicon Valley in 1993, the year the World Wide Web was invented, and started learning and putting advertising, marketing, content, media, marketing on the internet right at the very beginning. So I, I, that really, that decision, counterintuitive decision early in my career, this risk that I took uh, to go to newspapers of all things, uh, because that was where the change and the disruption was going to happen. And I've yeah. made my entire career about change, uh, chasing after these things. Internet advertising in 1999, I did all the dot-com um, advertising sizing that drove the dot-com boom when I was at Forrester. I uh, started looking at social media and technologies in 2002 and wrote one of the first books about that in 2008. I've been looking at digital transformation and now all these crazy technologies like quantum computing that's way out there in the edge. And the one thing I've learned throughout all of this is that it's never about the technology. It is hmm. always about the people. Wow. And, and Josh, you, you focus on relationships, right? Yeah. This is the key to influence. And when I think about the, the ways that you create change and disruption, you could have the most beautiful strategy and the most wonderful technologies. If you do not, if you're not able to harness and inspire people to create the change, the vision that you see, nothing will happen. Yeah, 
Yeah, excellent. So I didn't realize we were each Michiganders. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, you know, from the uh, from West Michigan, uh, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids area, and um, yeah, it's uh, and then from there, so you made your way to to Harvard. Um, but um, you know, again, I, if you know, and you kind of illustrated this just a little bit. Um, what was it in your early background that, that your formative years? Um, I don't know if you know. Uh, you know, again, there were any other elements of your of your upbringing, your culture, or you know, being in Michigan, the Midwest, or whatever, um, that that flavored your you know, kind of your mindset and what was really interesting to you at the time. Well, as you know from Michigan, uh, <laughs> Michigan is permanently rated as one of the most nice, polite people in the world. Yeah, and there was something ingrained between that, and I also grew up in a very fundamentalist Christian education um, world um, with my community, Seventh-day Adventist. I'm a fourth generation Seventh-day Adventist, even though I'm not practicing anymore. Mm-hmm. And what I think that did is that there was a strong component of service and of optimism that your individual efforts can make a difference in the world. Wow. And that really shapes the way I think about organizations. And, it, and I encourage leaders to answer these three questions. And especially if their employees, every single one of their employees can answer these three questions. Who is our future customer? What is our strategy to be able to meet that future customer? What to meet their needs? And third, and most importantly, what is my role in making sure that that strategy gets executed with excellence? Not perfection, but with excellence. And I, I do this when I began a, a client relationship or before I do a speech or something. I try to walk around and see as many people as I can just randomly like, so tell me about your business. Who's your customer, your future customer, all those questions. And there are very, very few organizations where every single employee can tell me that. And when I do find that, it's it's a gem because you know that the leaders have made this huge effort to make sure that every single employee has agency, this beautiful idea that every single person can be an owner, feels ownership, not only in their job, but in the strategy and the outcomes of the business. That's really yeah. difficult to do. That takes a very different mindset, one that's focused on relationships. And if you think about um, what that means for our customer relationships, it's also the same way. The best influencers, the people who have the thought leadership out there, the people who are able to gather people to them are the ones where you're inspiring people, where you're pulling people in because of what you're giving more so than, um, you know, the, the, the like get rich quick schemes or one single answer. Relationships are built over time and shared experiences and trust. And, and that's really what lasts, as, as you have talked about quite frequently, too. Yeah. Um, Charlene, um, one thing that you talk about is uh, moving past change fatigue to the growth edge. Um, so first off, what's change fatigue? Uh, and secondly, what where's the growth edge? What, yes. what does that mean? A great question. Change fatigue is, I hear this from organizations all the time. They're like, you know, I was working with one group and they're like, I know we, we really want to be disruptive, go into change, but we're just so tired. We're constantly doing change. And we just recently did this big change. I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. So we have some, we have some experience in doing this. Uh, so how long ago was this? 
oh, that was two years ago. <laughs> you know, I was still recovering. And, and you know, when your change cycles are running in years and not months or weeks or days, the people who are able to have, to have resilience, they have that stamina to do change well, you're going to get beat by them. Business and organizations, leadership, it's a marathon. So how do you pace yourself? Where are the times when you sprint forward? And then as any athlete knows, you also have to build a recovery time. So change fatigue is when we don't do this in a systematic way, when we don't think about how we're going to actually manage change intentionally and strategically, and it just happens to us. Uh, But I also think the edge is very important. And we all experienced the edge back in March. We did in three or five days, what we thought would have taken three or five or even more years. And now we've come back into this comfort zone where things aren't so crazy anymore. And we're sitting right back square in that comfort zone rather than thinking about how do we stay at that edge? So I encourage people to know where that edge is, define it and go right up to the very edge of that. Mm. Look over that precipice and go, whoa, that's too scary over there. But don't retreat all the way back to home base. Just take one step back. You're on safe ground. Nothing is going to collapse around you, but stay at that edge. Because Mm. when you move out of your comfort zone and you're at that edge, that's where the magic happens. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and the the ones that are... um, you know, the, 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 you know, it's kind of like the first movers, right? The first people that are like, look, that looks scary. You know, it's like, for example, like we look at like, you know, how, you know, a global pandemic, you know, really uh, was disruptive in a negative way. Um, but it also created a lot of opportunities. And, you know, I was just so heartened by the number of business owners that stepped forward and said, you know what, I can help. Um, I, I can tweak what we're doing and we can help with this new problem that that's coming about as you know this is a great example of like um oh, okay wasn't wasn't planning i didn't have global pandemic in my threat box my swat analysis but well there it is uh you know it's being able to do that that nimbleness and and charlene that's gotta be uh, herculean uh to, to imagine a large organization like a 3M being able to adapt, change, and be nimble, you know, in response to, oh my gosh, all of a sudden consumers just hate this or, you know, because something trended on social media, right? And some of these things are just like, what? Are you serious? But okay, here we are. But what I, what I found in my research is that these organizations that are good at dealing with disruptions day in, day out, They look at all this. I call it a a flux culture that they have. They have built-in structures and policies and procedures that anticipate and expect change. They, They expect that things don't go well, and they're geared towards that. Versus most organizations are geared for removing all the extraneous stuff, removing any externalities, removing any chance that things aren't going to hit 100%. That's a very fragile organization. And these anti-fragile organizations, the more bumps they get, the stronger they get. And so what you saw when the pandemic hit, they just accelerated. Because like, hey, we're wired for this. We know how to do this. 
Whereas everybody else is thinking like, oh, where's the Zoom button, right? How do we do this? They, they already, they know how to do this. They know how to work in hybrid teams. They've been doing it for years. They have been pushing each other's envelopes. They just kind of went, yeah, we'll just keep going. And I'm a big believer that disruption creates opportunities for change. Mm. And you should be looking for them. And you have two choices. You can either duck and hide and hope the disruption doesn't hit you, or you can jump up as high as you can to grab all these pieces that have been tossed up into the air and put them down together again in the way that you see them. And the, the numbers bear this out. Business formation in the U.S. is up 46% over the previous year. If I look at just May of 2021 compared to May of 2020, it is up 69%. So that may be a matter of people like, I don't have a job anymore, so I've got to go out and drive Uber. But the actual business formation of corporations hiring people is up 70%. So we leaders and entrepreneurs aren't idiots. We won't go mm. and do something unless we see an opportunity. And what happened with the pandemic is that everything changed. It's sort of the old businesses were no longer viable, but new opportunities were being created. And these amazing entrepreneurs are out there looking for and seeking out and building businesses to meet these new needs. That's why a 3M, which actually is a very, very nimble company, wow. is able to do things like this. Adobe did a huge digital transformation in, back in 2013, 2014, committed to doing a big, huge pivot of their business to go into the cloud away from packaged software. Nobody was pushing them to do this. And they did it to themselves and they committed to losing money as a publicly traded company for two <laughs> years. And uh, the charts that takes, are- That takes a lot of guts. It's, it took a lot of guts. I mean, literally the CFO went to Wall Street and goes, I got great news. We're <laughs> going to lose money for two years. Isn't this wow. fantastic? And so I, I talked to the CFO, I'm like, how on earth do you have the chutzpah to go and say something like that? He goes- because we utterly believed in this new customer that didn't exist. We did tons of research. We did modeling. He went out and as a CFO could talk just like the CMO, understood mm. what those customer needs were and could convey that to Wall Street. So every quarter when their numbers went down, the stock price went up. Never seen anything like that. Mm. And that's Incredible. true belief. I mean, they're a publicly traded company. You know, they're not you know, TikTok or Google, I think they were Adobe. Right. They were like right. old tech company. One of the boldest, biggest transformations I've ever seen. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so Charlene Lee, your website, charlenelee.com. Someone that's listening to us and they're like, okay, I want more, give me more. All right, where, what do they click on? Where do they go? What do they do? Uh, they can come into my site. Everything is on there. You can follow me on LinkedIn. That's probably the place where I update things the most. I would love to hear from you. I do research. And the only way I could do research is to learn from the challenges and the successes that people like you have. So I encourage you, link, connect with me, uh, share with me your stories. I love hearing about what the challenges are. And if I can help, would love to be able to do that. Join me on my live streams and I will soon have a podcast and also uh, some courses coming out this fall too as well. So lots of different ways to engage and I look forward to it. 
Very cool. Charlene Lee, thank you so much for joining us again. Your website, charlenelee.com. That's L-I. Uh, Lee, Lee spelling with the L-I. Charlene, thank you. This has been fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.